Welcome to the Breakwater Podcast. I am Samantha, the Drug-Free Communities Grant Coordinator for Breakwater. On this episode, I am joined by Officer Nick Place, a DRE trainer that stands for Drug Recognition Expert and an experienced police officer. Officer Place has dedicated a lot of time and energy to learning everything there is to know about cannabis. One thing is clear, the landscape is changing. The marijuana of the Woodstock era is gone and now exists a stronger, more concentrated and versatile product. From the flower or the plant material you might think of when somebody says marijuana, to oils, waxes, dabs, and edibles, there is a lot to know. In this episode, we focused on something called Delta 8 THC, a technically legal hemp product that looks, feels, and acts like marijuana or Delta 9 THC. Officer Place breaks down what it is, what it isn't, and what we need to know about it right now. If listening to this episode leaves you wanting more, we encourage you to visit our website at www.breakwaterwi.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Your Choice Prevention is also running a fantastic webinar series all about marijuana right now. You can find a link to that series in the show notes or on our resources page along with tips and resources for the classroom or on how to talk to your kids about drugs and alcohol. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening now, share with friends, and let us know what you think. Officer Place is up next. Welcome to the show, Nick. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners, share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm. Uh, my name is Nick Place. I've been a police officer for almost 20 years across different agencies here in Northeast Wisconsin. I'm also a drug recognition expert. And if you're unfamiliar with the DRE, as we call it, the acronym DRE, we are police officers who are trained to identify people under the influence of a drug other than alcohol. Um, some other things that I've done in my career, um, I've worked everything from simple barking dog complaints all the way to first degree homicide. So I've had a lot of different calls in my career. I've handled um, narcotics investigations. I'm a canine handler. I'm on, on our local SWAT team. So I'm a jack of all trades. And But the, the DRE, the drug recognition expert, is kind of my, um, my passion and something that I really love to do. And um, I've taken an interest out of the seven drug categories that we have in the DRE matrix. My interest has been in the cannabis category, and may we live in interesting times right now with uh, some of the evolution over the past 10 years in that drug category. And I'd like to thank you for having me on your show. And um, it's really great to reach out to other groups other than law enforcement and to talk with groups like yourself in the CISA program and uh, uh, share that knowledge base that we have with our drug trends out there. Yeah, I really appreciate you being here today. And I kind of got connected with you through a presentation you did at one of the CISA 6 meetings recently. And I see that you also have a webinar coming up with the Your Choice Prevention group out of the, is it the Milwaukee area? Yes, they're out of Waukesha. If uh, people are interested, that one is filling up uh, Ashley told me yesterday they have 600 
um, attendees for that webinar tomorrow. But we're going to also dive into Delta 8 THC and trends that we see with youth across Wisconsin with cannabis. That is what we're interested in talking about today. Obviously, like you said, interesting times, and this is a hot topic. Marijuana has certainly changed over the years. It's becoming more popular or maybe more accepted and has taken a lot of different forms. Edibles, oils, dabs. It's no longer just a whole plant product, but kind of broken down into CBD products and THC products as well. So I guess my first question is, what are you seeing as the most popular form of marijuana or THC product specifically among youth? Uh, it hasn't really changed the flower or the green leafy substance that we commonly associate with marijuana is always number one. Uh, though the second, the one that's the up and comer definitely with youth is, is the vapes. So the marijuana hash oil vapes that are out there are a very close second but the, the 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 dry leafy plant material that we see out there that's always number marijuana is always number one but the vapes that that are out there those are popular especially with youth or younger people we see that quite a bit yeah interesting and i just realized not too long ago that you can even vape uh, thc oil or hash oil so that's interesting uh, what about Delta-8 and Delta-9? I'm hearing these different terms thrown around lately. What is the difference and why can some products be sold in stores? So the difference is on the, with when we talk about, again, just to be clear, Delta-9 THC is the psychotropic cannabinoid in marijuana that gets you high. Delta-8 THC is slightly different. It has a, a a connection on the on the eighth carbon molecule where delta 9 thc has it on the ninth and that's how they get their names now there isn't a lot of peer-reviewed research on delta 8 thc nowhere near comparison that we see for marijuana so some of this initial um data that we have on delta 8 thc it's still in its infancy however it appears based on um, a lot of publications and the information that's being put out. Again, it's not peer-reviewed, but um, Delta ATHC does not uh, connect as well as marijuana on what's called the CB1 receptor in our endocannabinoid system. However, anecdotally, reports that I've, uh, when I've spoken to people about their Delta ATHC use, some of them have said, if I took the Pepsi t challenge, with the edible, uh, a marijuana edible that's commercially made versus a Delta-8 THC edible, they really couldn't tell the difference between the two. But that's, again, the claim is, again, it's not peer-reviewed. There still needs to be a lot of work on here, but it, 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 the Delta-8 THC doesn't bind as well to that CB1 receptor, but it still causes a psychotropic effect. So by all anecdotal accounts, the, the kind of first-person storytelling looks, feels, tastes, acts just right. like Delta-9. Yeah, and I, I've also done some limited dosing where I um, dosed somebody on a Delta-8 THC product uh, that I had tested and sent off to a lab. So I knew there was no marijuana in there, and this person told me that, that they, they, the high that they got was similar to a marijuana edible. Concern is here too is, and this is what I've heard from people who work in chemistry. So um, some that work at the state lab of hygiene has said that they've seen this comparison before with synthetic THC. So like things like K2 and spice and some of those other synthetics that came along and we saw some of the same impairment back then from those synthetics. So what they said is just, 
be careful yet classifying that delta ATHC is actually the cannabinoid that's causing the impairment. There could be other psychotropic or novel psychedelic substances added to these products. So we don't know for sure. I guess the long story short, we don't know for sure. We can't say precisely it's delta ATHC causing the impairment. Um, it could be something else that's added in there too. But so that's, I kind of generalize when I talk about Delta 8 products, generalize that the products themselves are causing the impairment uh, until we know more um, from you know, some peer-reviewed research that gets published what's causing those effects. Sure. And you mentioned that in some of your limited testing, you had a Delta 8 THC product that you had tested and it did not test positive for THC but the person using it reported feeling the effects of any other marijuana commercially available product. Is that right? Yeah. So again, I sent it off to a laboratory for testing. Um, there's a little bit of a difference between like street testing, what officers do with narc pouch testing versus sending it off to a laboratory and having a laboratory analyze it. Um, the, the drawback is I only had the cannabinoid profile done. So I didn't test for other novel psychedelic substances or other drugs that were in there. But um, again, that's anecdotally, the comparison was the same to the to the marijuana product, and there was no Delta 9 in there. So it was um, the one edible, I think, was at 4.2 milligrams of Delta 8 THC. So interesting. And why can Delta 8 THC products be sold in stores where in Wisconsin right now with marijuana not being legally recreational use wise? Um, that obviously can't be sold in stores, but Delta 8 products can. It's very much in a gray area right now. And even if you um, read cannabis publications or listen to them on their podcast, they'll tell you that uh, it's it's in a gray area and it could be shut down at any moment by the feds or even a state government. But where it's surviving and even I would even say thriving and gaining popularity is in this gray area where CBD, where, where hemp producers do is they isolate the CBD molecule from hemp and then they use isomerization. So what they do is they keep the molecule the same, but they rearrange the atoms. They turn them from CBD into Delta ATHC. And this isomerization technique that you see is covered under Wisconsin law. Okay, so the Wisconsin state statute 94.55 covers what um, covers hemp laws in the state of Wisconsin. And that definition includes isomers of hemp. So if you read it to the letter of the law, that is why the cannabis companies and uh, CBD stores, gas stations are pushing this stuff right now. There has not been any restrictions put on by a judge. Uh, the attorney general's office has not come out with a decision and there has not been any legislative fixes to that. So it so Delta 8 products continue to be sold and thrive in this gray area until there's a fix put in place. It's going to continue to be that way. And I guess you're just my take on this is the longer this gray area continues and we don't have a fix, it's going to be harder to close Pandora's box. So this, the, these pop, these, I mean, let, let's face it, people like getting high from marijuana. That is, you know, next to alcohol, marijuana is the most popular drug out there. People take it because they like the high, they like that it releases stress and they get a, an escape from reality. Those, I mean, that's just, that's bottom, bottom line. That's why people use marijuana. So if they can't find the real thing, like they could, let's say in a state like Illinois, where there's recreational marijuana, they're going to find some alternative. And right now it appears that Delta 8 is filling that supporting role for people who can't get legalized marijuana. 
Sure. And now, as a substance use prevention coalition specifically interested in preventing youth substance use, this next little bit of information kind of threw me for a loop. Is there an age limit or a mandate for age verification to purchase Delta 8 THC products? Currently in the state of Wisconsin, we do not have any limits for tetrahydrocannabinol. So if you look under that statute, 94.55, or if you look under Wisconsin chapter 961, so 961.32, that covers hemp use and things like CBD use, there are no age restrictions for hemp sales to minors. Okay, so minors can possess hemp products. Um, and again, until there's a legislative fix, it, it, that appears to go to. Now, I follow social media, I follow groups in, in, uh, in, uh, that are associated with hemp sales and social media, and a lot of them are taking it upon themselves to not restrict sales to people under the age of 18 or 21, whatever arbitrary age they come up with. But you really, you're, um, you're, you're putting the grace in these, you know, that, the, that these companies aren't going to sell it to people under a certain age group, and not everyone feels the same way about that. So you could have some 16 year old walk into a gas station, buy some Delta eight gummies. And they, again, gas stations are selling these more and more that that possibility is there until there's a fix um, to this or in a, a decision comes down and from the attorney general's office or, or, you know, somebody has the, the guts to maybe pursue um, an analog. So an analog drug and i think you can make a case for that delta 8 thc is an analog of delta 9 because again they're both molecular on a molecular level they're both pretty similar and you could say that the delta 8 is pretty similar to delta 9 therefore it's illegal and then two on the federal level delta 8 thc is listed as a schedule one drug in the uh, in the controlled substance uh, list that the DEA has. So, um, and there are some people on the federal level, some federal law enforcement that have told me that there are some steps you can take there. However, again, on the state level here, we have not seen that yet. So um, a lot of things to play out here and this trend is still developing. And, you know, a month from now, we could have something completely different. I'm wondering if you can share what are some common Delta 8 THC products? You mentioned maybe gummies that are sold at a gas station that, you know, somebody even age 16 could walk in and buy. So for any parents or educators who might be listening, what might be something they would see that they might not immediately recognize as something maybe their kids shouldn't have? The big ones are going to be the vapes. Kids love the vapes. Um, now, it's been my experience investigating Delta 8 products that the consistency or the color of the Delta 8 vapes is a little bit different than what you would see with a hash oil vape. So usually with marijuana hash oil vapes, those are more of a darker amber colored and both the Delta 8 vapes I've seen in person and then two through social media and websites, it's more of a lighter amber colored. Now, I'm not saying it's that way all the time. It's just my initial, you know, check investigating. That's the difference I've seen now. They're both very viscous. Okay. So whether it's marijuana or Delta 8, the, the substance side is very viscous. So a quick and dirty way to see if one of those vapes has THC in it is to turn that vape upside down. And if that bubble that's inside that vape doesn't move or that substance inside is very viscous and doesn't move, the likelihood that you're dealing with a THC product is very high. Uh, other things like CBD, um, not say all CBD vapes, but a, a lot of them, along with nicotine, the solution is a lot more aqueous. So you turn that vape upside down, that solution side, that bubble moves much more freely than a THC product does. 
And then with the edibles, the um, it's just my opinion, and I'm not saying this across the board because I know somebody out there will say, well, this one time I found an edible that looked pretty much like real candy. The, the, the marijuana edibles that are out there look quite different than a commercially made candy. Again, not going across the board. There are some marijuana manufacturers out there that make a really good edible, makes it look like real candy, but it has much more of a gooier, more uh, more malleable appearance to it. So that um, it raises a red flag too, along with any of the packaging that it would be in. Um, you know, in, indicators such as a THC warning from a state with recreational can uh, uh, marijuana, a state like California, they'll put a warning symbol on there, and or if the you know a lot of these. Uh, a lot of the packaging with THC will have character, like cartoon characters in intoxicated states with marijuana impairment. That would be another giveaway too. Just little things that, again, don't pass the smell test and raise a red flag. Gotcha. And kind of going back to the vapes, typically if you were smoking pot or smoking marijuana, the flower product, the green leafy flower product, there would be an odor. Is there an odor with THC vape pods or Delta 8 products that are smoked or vaped? It, it depends on what the manufacturer um, puts in there. Um, if they add in things like terpenes, there could be an odor, but it's it's been my experience investigating the vapes versus the flower that the, the vapes aren't as uh, pungent. The, the odor from the vapes isn't as pungent as it would be from the flower. Um, so I've come across quite a few people who are under the influence of, of cannabis and who had smoked vape where there's little to no odor on them versus, you know, the, the, the person who hot boxes in their car and just reeks of marijuana. And that is part of the reason um, why people vape it, not completely the reason, but part of the reason why people vape is so they don't have, you know, they either, whether it be tobacco, marijuana, they don't have that pungent smell that's on them like they not like they would with a substance that's burned. So this is, it's almost a full-time job to keep up with everything that's changing in the world of marijuana use, substance use, different trends. Can you break it down into a few bite-sized pieces for us, uh, specifically with parents or guardians? What do we need to know right now? The big ones to, to, um, I guess, if I was, if my kids were, let's use, uh, for example, smoking marijuana, the, the big telltale sign that's worked for me as a police officer is noticing impairment. So starting from head to toe, looking for things like red and uh, watery eyes, uh, obviously the odor if it's there. Um, um, sometimes when people smoke the flower part of it, uh, they'll leave a green coating on their tongue, or they might have raised bumps on the back of their tongue. Um, dilated pupils, another good good telltale sign of, of marijuana use. That's where I would start and, and look into that. Um, and then too, don't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be afraid to do random checks too. Um, you know, look at um, look at your kid's car. If you got a kid who's 16, 17 years old, don't be afraid to do those random checks in there if you suspect something. Quite a few people. They um, they use not just marijuana, but other drugs in their car. Unfortunately, that's the case. So if you think something is up, don't be afraid to check the bedroom. Don't be afraid to check the car. You're not doing them any favors, especially if they're, yeah, that's the most concerning to me anyway, is driving a vehicle while under, while under the influence because you put other people at risk. So uh, I would start that. So the drug recognition um, aspect of it, and then don't be afraid to snoop around. That's where That's where I would start. 
Now we've seen kind of a growing popularity of, I guess, novelty hiding places and kind of going back to the oils and dabs and edibles and the different forms that marijuana has taken. Uh, we've seen things like little Carmex pots, but it's not Carmex in there or um, Coca-Cola or Arizona tea cans that aren't Coca-Cola or Arizona tea cans, but, and they're hollow and they're hiding places. Sure. But at first glance, you wouldn't maybe recognize that it's something different. Have you seen those being used quite a bit with youth or hiding spots or what are you seeing? Oh man, every and everything. Um, boy, you really got to think outside the box. Um, and I would tell parents too. I mean, at one point you were 16 years old. So you got to put yourself back into that spot where you were 16 year, years old and where would you hide things? Sometimes just hiding it in plain sight is the most, is the most obvious. Yeah. The things like you discussed where, uh, at least when I was coming through 20 years ago, they called them California safes. I don't know if they still, I don't, that's how I refer to them. So like the Coke bottles or um, common products you see where you twist it apart and there, there's a hiding space in there. Um, those are still pretty popular. You'll see those out there. Um, or just putting it in, um, like for canine stuff, people hide their drugs in with detergent, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, boy, you really, again, you really got to think outside the box, uh, and, and think of a way how, if I was going to hide something, where would I put it and, and check those spots out. So, and then look for too, another, another thing that kind of gives it away is, uh, sometimes it just, you just need to stop and and look what, and just look around and look at little details. So, um, you know, if somebody's hiding it in, let's say the center console area and they're hiding it under the center console, looking at things like the nuts or the screws that are holding the center console in place. And for most people, we don't touch or don't take apart our center console, right? We just leave it there and we put stuff in there and it's, a, you know, if you go into my center console, my truck, it's a huge mess. We just dump stuff in there. No, normally people don't take it apart. So if you see things like, um, the screws are stripped or there's some wear and tear in there. Um, that should be a red flag because nobody's going to take their center console apart and hide stuff in there unless you're up to some type of nefarious activity. Sure. Sure. Well, is there anything else about marijuana use, substance use, the Delta 8 specifically that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, the big up and coming here, now we talked about the flower. That's always going to be popular. Vapes are popular, but I'm reading reports like in the business world that marijuana edibles are set to take off exponentially. They're supposed to be, um, I, I, I listened to um, a webinar put on by NMS Labs out of Pennsylvania, and they shared a stat like the marijuana edible industry is supposed to just like grow by $4 billion over the next few years. A lot of that growth is attributed to not everybody likes to smoke or vape marijuana. They look for it in alternate forms. Okay. So if you got your soccer mom or, you know, I prefer hockey. I think hockey's a cooler sport, but uh, you know, your hockey moms out there maybe don't want to smoke a joint, but they want to get that high from marijuana. They may experiment or they don't want to dab. I mean, dab is kind of, you know, a little bit more of an experienced user level there, but they want to get that high from marijuana. So they'll experiment with the edibles and try that route. And that is supposed to be driving a lot of that growth with the marijuana edible market is new users who don't want to smoke or vape or dab, but they want to try marijuana and the edible will be how they get introduced to that. 
Yeah, it's interesting to learn about all that kind of behind the scenes stuff where, you know, the marijuana industry is kind of teaming up with big tobacco and, and using right. some of the same marketing plays and business strategies to really make it mainstream. Right. And it's only going to grow. Um, I mean, let's face it, we're in, we're in changing times, whether you want marijuana legalized or you don't, you want it to remain illegal. The society's view on drug use has changed. You know, if you would have told me 20 years ago when I started my career that we would have legal injection sites that we would be doing, um, you know, handing out drug paraphernalia for needle users, uh, I would have told you you were full of crap. But here we are in the year 2020, and that's commonplace now because times have changed. So I remember when I was in college at UWM and I graduated in 2001, and the professors there, and at the time, Wisconsin went to a very tough on crime stance. So we saw things like truth and sentencing, and we got rid of parole. But my college professors told me that things ebb and flow with criminal justice topics. So they told us, by the time your career is over, you will see a complete 180. You are going to see this tough on crime uh, approach that we had at the time at the turn of the century. It's going to reverse itself, and you're going to see... Um, a softer approach to crime. And that's exactly what has happened here in the year 2021. You're seeing the reverse happen. And it's just part of the natural ebb and flow of criminal justice topics. So, um, you know, it would help explain, again, why people, their attitudes towards marijuana, partly, not all, but partly why, why that has changed. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you bring that up and, and mention it. I We have a podcast coming out shortly. Um, it hasn't been released yet. We just recorded it. But uh, with uh, the district attorney for Winnebago County, Christian Gossett, about diversion programs, drug court programs, alternative consequences. And we talked a little bit about what Oregon is doing with decriminalization of many substances as well. So be sure to you know like and subscribe our podcast, any listeners out there, so you don't miss that episode either. And speaking of podcasts, you've got one as well, if anyone wants to listen and learn more about DRE and what you're doing. Yes. So I started the Poking Around Drug Trends podcast, kind of a double entendre, poking around the injection of, of uh, controlled substances in the vein, but also too poking around, meaning, hey, we're going to dive into different types of drug topics. And right before I got on with you, I was doing a trying to wrap up my Delta ATHC podcast, and we'll have some others out there too. Um, so, you know, mainly geared towards law enforcement, but I think uh, most people will find some of these topics interesting on drug trends or Delta ATHC. I have a former canine handler who was probably the best who's ever done it in the state of Wisconsin. He's going to come on and talk about um, becoming a canine handler. And I think there's, you know, just being a canine handler myself, um, there's a lot of interest from people on working with dogs because you get to go to work every day with your best friend. And um, that's quite a, and, and unique experience to go do. So, but yeah, thanks for the plug. That's, uh, that's out there. And I'm sure just like yours, we can find it on your favorite podcasting hosting service. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come here and talk with us today and sharing Absolutely. everything you know about Delta 8 THC and other drug trends. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Well, thank you much, uh, uh, Samantha, and thanks for having me on the show.